What does motion sound like? With Kizikans free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. Wait, you've got to be kidding me. Let's get this untwisted. Everyone, everyone, roll call. I think it's happening. I think we are finally out of winter. And I say that very preemptively. I say that with a very scared look on my face because knowing me, I'm going to be jinxing it the moment I speak it into existence. But let me just tell you, I just went on the most glorious, the most beautiful, the most sun-stricken walk I've ever been on in my entire life. At least it felt that way. It is the middle, if not the beginning of March as I am recording this. The sun is out. The skies are blue. People are out and about. Could you flip and believe it? Thank goodness we were wearing masks. But let me just tell you, I think I felt a brighter pep in my step. I felt a happier chime in the air. There's just good energy. And I genuinely attribute that to the most glorious thing we've ever been gifted, which is mother sun. Realizing that makes no sense, but we love you planet sun. We love you solar system. We love you Milky Way galaxy. Now, welcome back to the Twisty Pod. It's so lovely to have you. I am so honored that you chose to click on this podcast. Tune in with me today. I need to talk about something, something that's been on my mind, something that's very important to me. And it's going to sound like kind of naive, very elementary in theory, but I really need you to just soak it in with me, hold on tight, buckle up, get ready, get strapped in because I have a point, (laughs) but I'm going to take a second to just, you know, navigate my way there. I want to talk about taking the time to actually learn something. Now, I think I accept mediocrity a lot in my life. And I don't mean that in a self-pity sort of way. I don't mean that in a way that I am seeking validation, seeking empathy from you, you know. But what I truly mean is that I oftentimes accept where I'm at. I accept the skills I already have in my life. And I'm okay maybe dabbling in something new every once in a while, but I kind of stick in my own lane. Let me paint you a very trivial example. And I do mean trivial. When I was in college, I wanted coffee. Obviously, (laughs) you're like, hello, everybody wants coffee in college, Taylor. Yes, I wanted coffee all of the darn time. And my roommates had a Keurig, but I didn't really love the idea of a Keurig. I didn't really want to spend money on pods. You know, you're trying to save money, et cetera, et cetera. My other alternative was to use kind of like our campus cash to go to Starbucks or an on-campus coffee shop, which was fine. And you can do that from time to time. But regardless, as coffee works, it does in fact cost money. So that didn't always seem like the most plausible option. So my mom was like, hey, you should look into getting a French press. And, you know, as much as I pretend and aspire to be French, 
I could never be. I could never be. I'm just not cool enough. But essentially, a French press is like a really cool little tool to use as a different way of brewing up your coffee beans. It's pretty simple in theory, but for some reason, it all of a sudden, you know, feels intimidating because it feels new. It feels weird. So I'm having this conversation with my mom. I end up getting the French press. And I am not kidding you when I tell you that I probably owned that French press for about two or three years until I actually learned how to use it. Even though I own this machine, even though I knew it was the much cheaper, much more cost effective, not even that time consuming of an activity to do every single morning for my daily freaking coffee, I barely ever use this thing because I just didn't take the time to learn how to properly use it. And it sounds so disgustingly simple, and that is because it is, but there was such a big part of my life where I would just accept that. I would be like, you know what? No, I just don't. I just don't really know how to use a French press. I own one. I've never really tried it. But, uh, you know, I'd rather just go spend $5 buying a coffee because somehow that makes more sense. I digress. To paint a separate and maybe a little bit more logical example, I think at the end of 2019, I decided to finally invest in Final Cut Pro. So Final Cut Pro is what I use to edit this podcast. It's what I use to edit my YouTube videos. It's essentially kind of like a baby step up or maybe like a normal step up from iMovie. If you're familiar with iMovie, it's the editing platform that comes free with any MacBook computer. Are they all called MacBooks? Is that an appropriate thing to say? All Macs have iMovie, I believe. That's what I mean. And really, it is pretty much the bare bones. It does exactly what you need it to do and pretty much nothing more. Final Cut Pro is just kind of a little bit, you know, a little bit more technical. It does look really intimidating, especially if you've never seen something like it before. But truly, at its core, it is a very, very simple platform. And I finally decided to upgrade to it. And by finally, it wasn't even that long, but I just, I knew I wanted something a little bit more than iMovie. So I invested in the platform. And in my brain, somehow, it was easier for me to pretty much like fumble my way around the user interface rather than just watching like a 10-minute YouTube video trying to better my skills on Final Cut Pro. I decided to take this horribly inaccurate route of trying to figure out things on my own, clicking buttons and seeing what would happen, you know, just kind of using my little bit of knowledge from iMovie translating that into Final Cut Pro and seeing what would happen, I guess. It was so stupid, like admitting it out loud, but this is how my brain works. I thought that what I was doing was enough. I I didn't really want anything super fancy for my videos. I like weird jump cuts. I like basic text. I didn't need anything too wild, too spunky, etc. So I just never really took the time to learn. And that is horrible. Admittedly, so horrible. I was essentially accepting my mediocre skills in a very beautiful editing platform just because I didn't want to take the time to teach myself one or two simple things. And the more that you learn, even if you learn one simple new technique, if it's on an editing platform, if it's in your job, if it's in school, you learn one little thing that already elevates you to the next level. And that sounds so cheesy, but it's beyond true. You do one thing differently than you did the last video. You do one thing differently than your last assignment. You've already elevated yourself. You've already made yourself better. You're already making improvements. So tell me why in my mind, I thought it was much better to just accept the lack of knowledge that I had 
rather than, you know, take a course, watch a video, etc. Now, flash forward to a few days ago, I pulled up a video from my friend Sadie Smart. I had Sadie, I believe, in a video I did on YouTube talking about self-care. She's somebody that I've always really admired because she always, always talks about how to be grateful, how to practice daily meditation, manifestation, all of these things that I'm just not great at. So I had her kind of do a cute little FaceTime with me in a video not too long ago. And she has always had fantastic editing skills. I don't think she's studying film, but I know that she's always had a huge passion for it. So it definitely shows. If you've never watched her videos, her vlogs, they're absolutely fantastic. Definitely look her up. But she posted a video talking about how she edits her videos. And I've seen a few of these before and sometimes, you know, they're helpful. Sometimes I'm like, okay, you know, I know that one tip next, you know, good to go. You learn one or two small things. But something about the way Sadie did her video snapped something on in my brain that really, really motivated me and almost challenged me to question everything I'd been doing for the past year and a half and wonder why in the heck I'd never taught myself how to learn these really quite simple things that truly elevate your videos. It's just like these simple little techniques that can make the biggest difference. And for whatever reason, I was like, you know what? No, like I I know how to do the few things I know how to do. That's fine. It's, It's all I ever need to do. I will be good with my little knowledge I have. And that just seems so close minded. And I feel like I try so hard in my everyday life to understand things that I didn't grow up knowing or I try so hard to maybe read books about perspectives or experiences maybe that I would never experience myself because I'm a white woman, you know? But why is it when it comes to the technical things in my life, and by technical I suppose I mean a French press and Final Cut Pro, I just accept it as it is. I accept myself for being you know, kind of below average at a lot of things. And I think a lot of that also has to do with the way I carry myself and almost just accepting that I am a dork. I am sort of weird. I am not sort of, I am. (laughs) Even like when it comes to the kitchen, you know, I have made it very well known that I am not a good cook. I never have been, but I also don't always take the steps to learn how to be better. And things like Green Chef has helped me out a lot. Things like buying random ingredients at the store and just seeing what I could make with it. You know, all of those things that just kind of slowly push you out of your comfort zone help you get better at something. But I also feel like there's this part of my brain that consistently doesn't learn how to do that one specific task because I make not being able to cook well part of my personality. And this is all me like venting this out as I'm thinking it and I've never thought this through before, but it kind of does make sense. Like I accept that my cooking skills are as they are because, you know, that's just Taylor. She doesn't know how to cook. It's part of her personality. When in actuality, shouldn't I be bettering myself? Shouldn't I be taking on these challenges, these things that are hard to do for me because I want to up my game, level up in a way. Even if you think about this from the perspective of the gym, let's say, I always go for the exact same weight that I went for the last time I was in the gym. How in the heck am I going to grow? How in the heck am I going to become stronger if I'm always choosing the exact same weights, if I'm always doing the same number of reps, if I'm never challenging my body 
to grow stronger because my body's going to get used to it. It's going to say, hey, yeah, we know this one. We do 12 reps with 25 pounds and we're good and dusted. That's a problem. But I can tell you with my whole chest, my whole heart and soul that I would not be sitting here recording this episode right now if I didn't do something that scared me. And I don't mean starting a podcast. I don't mean starting a YouTube channel, but even just on a very basic level of picking up weights in the gym, because I, for so many years, was really, really fascinated by it. And I wanted to weight train and I wanted to go pick up a barbell and feel very strong and feel very powerful and confident in the gym. But I let my own mediocrity or I let my own comfort zone hold me back from growing, hold me back from improving even just my techniques or my strength, etc. And I mean, all of that does take time. I can't just say that, you know, overnight I went from standing in my corner at the gym doing my little body weight exercises and the next day I was just rocking it on the squat rack. But that's okay because baby steps are important too. But I always wonder where I would be now if I started those things I wanted to do sooner. Even if that's just using a barbell instead of two dumbbells, or maybe that's finally going over to the squat rack. I don't know if all squat racks are as intimidating as the one that was at my university. There's a few in my local gym now, and they're definitely not that intimidating because they're kind of hidden. But the way that my school gym was set up, oh my good goodness, good goodness, yeah, that makes sense. They were pretty much like a spotlight was shining on them at all times, quite figuratively and literally, because they were right in front of this ginormous, ginormous window. And there was only about three or four of them, I think. And not only is it kind of like a hot commodity, they were also like center stage, quite literally, they are platforms. And to make matters even more intimidating, there was a balcony, a literal second floor, which had what felt like a balcony of people on the cardio machines almost watching you when you were using the squat rack. So to say even like the thought of using one of those was intimidating is the biggest understatement of the century. And I don't know if it's like that in every gym across America. I'm going to assume not. But for years, I accepted where I was in the gym because that was all that was comfortable for me. Or I would always say, yeah, you know, maybe next week I'll try this new exercise really, really quickly, you know, before I get too scared and then I'll leave the gym. Or I'll always go pick up 10 pounds for my ab exercises because that's what I always use. Why would I pick up 12? Why would I pick up 15, 20, etc.? I did that for so long and it makes no sense to me as I'm rationalizing it out loud. But in the moment, we get so stuck in our ways. We get so stuck with being comfortable in kind of a weird wake up call sort of way. We get stuck being mediocre. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
But in actuality, if we took the time to actually learn something instead of constantly accepting that you'll never be good at it or maybe you'll never be cool enough to do this, you'll never be fun enough to start a YouTube channel, you'll never be articulate enough to start a podcast. Why the heck not? Honestly, that was one of the other reasons I decided to start this podcast was because I wanted to work on my speaking skills. I'm a public relations major. I took a lot of different speaking classes at my university. Not only was it a core curriculum class, which I actually think was really, really cool that they did that because everybody should have a little bit of knowledge of public speaking, but I took so many classes where you would have a penny dropped on you if you were giving a speech and you said, um, you said, uh, you said any filler word, they drop a penny into a jar. So anytime you'd go up to give a presentation and you're like, even like, that's a filler word, bleep, penny in the jar. Abraham Lincoln was, uh, bleep, the whole class. Here's a freaking penny echo into this empty jar. It was absolutely terrifying. But it taught you how to speak better. It taught you how to be more articulate and more thoughtful about every word that comes out of your mouth. Even if you make weird noises when you talk, if you often go or, you know, you clap your lips together, you clap them. (laughs) Oh, my God. Even if you make that weird tisk noise, that's something that is important to work on because it may not be apparent to you, but other people can hear it when you're talking. So it's a hard habit to break, but a very important habit to break. And I wanted to start the podcast for a number of reasons, but that was one of the underlying reasons was I will also be able to improve my speaking skills. I just think so often I get very stuck in my ways. And I do think that's actually a Scorpio trait that you're very stubborn. I could be kind of wrong on that, but I do feel stubborn (laughs) in a lot of ways. And not even that I'm stubborn per se, but more so that I do have a hard time with change. I have a hard time with growth. I have a hard time pushing myself out of my comfort zone. But time and time again, it is so important to recognize that you will never grow inside your comfort zone. You just won't. And that's a sad thing to hear. Well, it's not sad. It's a hard thing to hear because it's true. But once you recognize that, you will be so powerful. Like everyone's going to be quaking when you walk in the room because they're like, dang, that person, they're outside their comfort zone in a good way. So whether that means you're doing the important work, you're a white person, you're putting in time, you're putting in effort to learn about black history, to learn about black culture, brown culture, Asian culture, things that are outside of your experiences. Or maybe it's on a lot more of a trivial level where you're learning how to actually use a French press that you've owned for three years and counting. For the record, I do know how to use it now and I do love it. I do think it does make superior coffee. But all that to say, it's important. It's important to grow. It's important to not accept where you are or accept that you'll never be that person. You'll never be this. You'll never learn how to cook better. Because why the heck not? I do want to learn how to be a better cook. So I should be putting in the darn time to get there. But I get intimidated by the thought of burning down the house, the thought of burning the food, messing up. But how do you think Chef Gordon Ramsay did it? You know, he didn't uh, build his empire in a day. Okay, I have a few questions from the Twisty Pot Instagram account. So thank you to everybody who sent in a few questions. This first is 
from Channing. It says, when you hit a plateau, how do you get out of it? It can be very discouraging. I think I'm going to do a full episode on this because it's a topic I would love to talk about because I felt very much in this at the moment. And I'm also going to probably make a YouTube video on it as well. But a Sparknotes version, essentially it's kind of all that I've been chatting about. It's pushing yourself inches, just inches, baby steps out of your comfort zone one day at a time. And when I mean comfort zone, I mean, let's say you're at the gym, you're using five pound dumbbells. Next time you're at the gym, use 7.5. The time after that, maybe use 7.5 with a few more reps or use 10 pounds with a few more reps. Plateaus can come in all shapes and sizes, for lack of a better term, but truly the way that you sort of push past that plateau is in one of two ways. Physically, as in physically changing your routine, physically doing something a little bit different, or mentally, meaning you're going to change something in your daily routine. You're going to change your mindset about something. You're going to better yourself one degree better than you were the day before. So by the end of it, you've pushed past this plateau, you've gotten on the other side of it, and you're feeling as good as you've ever felt. In a more technical sense, I think when I've hit a plateau just in anything in my life, I try and be very critical about how I've been performing in the last few weeks. Let's say it's with my job or let's say it's with school or something. I think about what have my patterns been the past few weeks? What have my routines looked like? Have I really been committing as much time as I say I have been to a certain project? What could I be doing better? Even if you're comfortable doing so, Ask a friend, ask somebody that often sees you in your patterns, in your routine, in your lifestyle. Ask them what's one thing that I could be doing to improve my daily routine. If you're working from home and you're with your significant other, you're with a roommate, you're with a partner, they probably see how you act all day long. If they constantly are looking at you over at your desk and maybe you're scrolling on TikTok, you're scrolling on your phone or something, and you're feeling like you've hit a plateau, Maybe that means you need to take your phone away from your desk while you're working. Or maybe that means you need to be changing something up in your work routine because maybe it's affecting your mental health and maybe that's something that you should be looking into as well. This is a good question from Veronica. She says, I want advice about moving on from high school. I'll be a junior next year, so I want to be prepared. Junior year is a tough year, just giving it to you straight. I think the hard thing about junior year is that you start to feel a little bit worried, a little bit panicked. And first and foremost, I say, try to combat those feelings as much as possible. Everything will fall into place as it's meant to, but don't get overwhelmed when things just start to file onto your plate because you'll want to maybe be very diligent in your extracurricular activities, be that a sport, be that a club. You'll want to be good at school or you'll, you know, you'll want to be devoting your time and attention to school. But at the same time, maybe if you're thinking about college or if you want to take a gap year or if you don't want to go to college, all of those things kind of start to weigh on your mind and it can feel so overwhelming and almost isolating in a way. So My biggest recommendation would honestly be to talk with your friends about it because believe it or not, even if you feel like you're the only one who's thinking this one thing, you're not. Everybody else is feeling similar thoughts of confusion or just maybe disappointment or just feeling like a junior because junior year can be really, really tricky. But 
talk with your friends and feel what they're feeling and hear them out. And hopefully they'll allow you to speak your mind and say your piece as well. But confide in those people because they're the ones who truly understand it the most. As far as moving on from high school, I really and truly believe that you have to do what is best for you. I don't think that college is an absolutely necessary path. In fact, oftentimes I really wouldn't even recommend it. And that's coming from somebody who went straight into college. I think it is wild to assume that at 18 years old, you are supposed to know what you want to do for the rest of your entire life. That even comes down to picking a university, picking out a degree, If I went back and did it all over again, I probably would have either taken a gap year, I wouldn't have gone to the university I went to, I wouldn't have picked the major I picked. There are so many things that, you know, obviously I've changed so much since I've even been out of school, let alone four years prior to that when I was starting college. So be patient with yourself. Really think about what you want, what's best for you, what's best for your family. And don't be afraid to explore other options because I think there used to be this rhetoric that college was the expected thing to do. And I truly do not believe that. And I think that's also a very privileged perspective to have. My last little piece of advice would really be to just enjoy yourself because everything that you're going to be feeling is going to seem like the biggest freaking deal in the world. It's going to seem like the world is going to implode if you don't do this one thing or if you don't get this assignment in on time, et cetera, et cetera. And the reality is most of that just doesn't even matter. It just doesn't. So enjoy your time. I wish I was still a junior in high school. That was some of the funnest times of my life hang out with your friends, be outside more, just enjoy being young and being fun. (laughs) Sounds so cheesy. Lately, I have just been like this spilling gush of blue cheese, Gouda, feta, cheddar mess. And it's really embarrassing. But every time I say something cheesy, I go, sorry, it's cheesy. But really, should I just be leaning into it? I don't know. It's growth. It's comfort zones. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Ashlyn asks, what are some ways you've seen yourself grow in your personal life and how did you get there? Gosh, putting on the spotlight. I think I've grown a lot in learning to admit my failures and again, grating the cheese over here, but that really is true because I think I for so long wanted to have like a perfect persona of a perfect routine or perfect career, life, house, whatever. And I hated the idea of making mistakes, messing up, failing in any way. But kind of like going back to the entire theme of this podcast, if I'm not going to try something new, how will I ever know if it even works for me or if I even like it? Even if that's just something really minimal, 
like trying to wake up earlier or trying to set a new type of habit for yourself or doing something that maybe really scares you, it's okay to try something and absolutely hate it. Give it a good, hard, good faith try. You know, give it your all, give it your best. And if you don't like something, it's okay to admit that to yourself. It really is. I don't think I knew that for so long. I think I always wanted to accept the fact that I couldn't try something because if I failed at it, that would mean I was a failure. And that's just simply not the truth. I think that helps me grow in so many ways just on a daily basis because I'm trying to do things that I actually enjoy. And that's probably another huge facet of it as well. I have stopped trying to do things that I think other people enjoy. I try and do things that I tailor will enjoy. And I think a lot of that just has to do with the way that we've grown up in a social media culture or just the way that we constantly compare ourselves to one another. We're constantly thinking about what this person's doing, how they're spending their time, what workout routine they're doing, what classes they're taking. What classes are you taking? What workout routine are you doing? Why are we not our own first priority when it comes to thinking about how we want to live our own lives? I didn't do that. I never really did that. I always thought, oh, I'm going to try this thing because my friend's doing it. And I'm sure my family can speak to that firsthand. They probably saw me go through every trend in the book growing up because my friend was doing it or I saw Miley Cyrus do it because she was and is the queen. On a more tangible level, I think something else that I've always had a really hard time with is being on my own, being alone, and particularly being on my own in my home. (laughs) Not trying to rhyme here, but it is so embarrassing to say out loud, but for the longest time, I did not ever, ever, ever want to stay home alone. I was terrified. And it was all just my own inner demons. It really didn't have much ground to stand on. You know, even through high school, I would be like, no, I don't want to stay home alone. Like, I'm too scared. I would do literally anything I could to not be home by myself. If I knew I was going to be home alone, I'd go sit in my car at a random parking lot because that at least meant I was out in public and I wasn't alone where I felt vulnerable or I felt scared or somebody might come and hurt me or something. That was a really big fear of mine I had for a majority of my life. When I graduated, I knew that obviously this was a big fear I was going to have to get over because even in college, you're never really alone. That's something that's really hard to get past, that transition from college past graduation because your entire four years in college, you're constantly around people. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, boom, all your friends are across the country. All your friends are busy all the time. You don't really see them. And there's a global pandemic. Whoops. But after graduation, I knew that I was going to basically have to confront this head on because the reality was, yes, I was moving in with Keith, but there wasn't going to be a moment when he was always by my side. We were working different jobs. We had different lives. You know, we have different schedules. And I had to get over that fear and pretty much do it almost immediately. And in some circumstances, particularly with this and needing to get over my fear of staying home alone or really just being on my own, because I think that is probably the bigger root of the problem. I didn't know how to be by myself. I didn't know how to be my own company. That was a huge problem. That still is a huge problem. But being alone for most of 2020 helped that immensely. But in some circumstances, I really just had to rip off that scenario with a Band-Aid. Your home is where you're supposed to feel most 
protected, most safe, most calm. And I've never felt that sense of peace. I've never felt safety and security in my home, which is a bold thing to say, but it's just my own insecurities or my own anxiety, I suppose. And it's not like that's gone away, but I think that I've really, really tried to push past that because I don't want to live my entire life for the fear of what if. That's a really hard thing for me to cope with. That's a really hard thing for me to reconcile. And I still think about it pretty much every single day. But now at least I have Reese. She's my companion and she's probably more scared of things than I am. But at least we have each other now. You know, it's a bit different than being completely alone, of course, but getting comfortable in my own company or just feeling like I can have fun all by myself. I can be my own best friend if I'm going to quote my friend Sadie. That's important. That's hard. And that was something I was never, never good at because I always sought validation from others or I always thought I need to be doing something with a friend because they know what to do. I don't. I'm just Taylor. I'm weird. I don't I don't know how to entertain myself. You know, I always needed to be around other people. I needed company. I needed entertainment. And that's been hard to learn to do on my own. But I couldn't live my whole life needing to rely on others. I needed to grow in myself. And if I'm going to find like a small little sliver of a silver lining from 2020 in regards to my own growth, that would be a huge one. It would be learning to be okay on my own, being comfortable with my own company and doing some ass kicking in the process. If I may, I want to briefly retell the story of when I went to my fitness studio for the first time, which if you recall, or if you've been listening to the podcast since then, I believe this was sometime in August or early September. Now, I have always kind of loved the idea of a group fitness class, except for the idea of the group fitness class. I hated the thought of working out around other people. I felt very embarrassed by my own body. I felt maybe insecure if somebody was better at something than I was. And I truly am not a competitive person. I really am not. I just never have been. I don't know if that's a weakness or a strength, but it's just the way I am. So I don't go to workout classes, you know, needing to get competitive with the people around me, but I think it just stems back to my own insecurities. And going to a new gym for the first time could be like top 10 scariest things in your entire life. I don't truly know if there is something that is more intimidating or nerve wracking than stepping into a studio that you're not familiar with, especially if you're around the regulars, you're around the people who just know the coaches, they know what they're doing. I was like that person that would need to get my school schedule a week ahead of time and I would go to campus and I would walk from class to class based on what my schedule said because I didn't want to not show up in the right classroom. Like I'm that sort of level of paranoia because I get so worried about my own social anxiety, which I think is something that you might not guess about me. At least I don't think so. But I do worry. I worry a lot, especially in that aspect. So the thought of walking into a fitness gym, not being able to picture exactly what I'm stepping into is mortifying, plain and simple. But I really wanted a fitness studio. I really wanted to find something that at least allowed me to connect with people in some way because, mind you, this was at the end of August 2020. We were kind of on the outskirts of 
lockdown one, at least where I was living, where things were looking a little bit brighter. You know, we were dealing with it through summer and it was probably five, six months into it at that time. So we were all going stir crazy as we still are. But it was this light at the end of the tunnel that finally fitness studios were slowly starting to open up again. So I, you know, start telling Keith, like, I'm I'm feeling so alone. I'm feeling so tired of just being by myself all day long. And I, you know, I need something different in my routine. And so he finally, you know, suggests I should try out a studio. I should try out going to a group fitness class. And I brush it off for a while because of just my own nerves. But eventually I kind of admitted, you know, you're probably right, which is a really rare thing. But this one time, I guess that you're right. And I looked up a few local studios. I found this one that looked really inviting. And I think that was key. I wanted something that looked like it was going to be welcoming and fun and interactive and would make me not feel like an outsider. Flash forward to my first class. I am petrified, like full-blown anxiety, panic attack prior to. I couldn't focus on anything the entire day. And like my dumbass scheduled a 3 p.m. class or something. So literally all day long, I was like, all right, it's 8 a.m. I have exactly seven hours until my workout class. That means I can get nothing done because I will be anxious all day long. This was where my head was at, which, oh God, I freak out all day long. I finally get there. I was greeted by the kindest kindest of coaches. I actually interacted with two coaches prior to even going into the gym because I happened to get a a little bold moment, if I may, and there was two people talking and I was like, hi, um, it's my first time. Like, do you know what I'm supposed to do or where I'm supposed to go? Which is like a stupid thing to say, knowing that what you're supposed to do is probably, you know, walk inside to the desk But they were so nice. They're like, oh, we're actually coaches. I'm so-and-so. I'm so-and-so. Your coach is awesome. She's going to be so much fun. I was like, great. This is amazing. Thank you so much. And that's the funny thing about me is that they would have probably never known that all day long I was actually pooping my pants. I was so nervous I couldn't focus on anything. But somehow I'm able to just strut out of my car and be like, hey, guys, I'm new here. Who the who? Who does this? Anyways, I get inside the class. I have the absolute best time ever. Of course, I'm awkward. Of course, I'm kind of like in my own corner. I choose like back row, back corner, which, you know, now is actually where I love to be. But at the time, it felt like, you know, I'll just be this little snail in the corner. You won't even notice me. I'm new, but you won't be able to tell because you can't see me. But I had the best time. And here I am six months later, still going, no, seven months later. Oh, my gosh. And I'm still going, but I would have never done that. I would have never done that. One, if I hadn't have gotten a little bit of a push from Keith. Two, if I hadn't have just accepted the fact that I needed change, accepted the fact that I was tired of feeling, for lack of a better term, mediocre, or I just wanted something different in my fitness routine. And yes, it was terrifying, but I'm so stinking happy that I went and I just did that one first trial because now I love it and now I get excited to go and I feel empowered when I'm there and it's hard to get to that place. It's hard to feel like you are able to get outside your comfort zone, but I promise you, I promise you that you are. And I was thinking about something today that 
I heard a quote a while back and it's for some reason been really resonating with me, particularly today. And it's essentially that 2020 Taylor would be so proud of 2021 Taylor. 2020 Taylor would kill to be where I'm at right now. But of course, in this moment, I think, gosh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big old loser. I, I need to do this and I'm behind on that and I, I wish I was doing that. But 2020 Taylor would be so proud of me. She would do anything to be where I'm at right now. But in this moment, we get so caught up in feeling down on ourselves or not feeling proud enough or just accepting that who we are is fine and we're never going to grow. But you have grown, whether or not it's something big or small, whether it's just you living your life, you've grown and you've changed and it's for the better. And it's just a cute little moment to think about you when you were younger and how proud your younger self would be of you in this moment. Think about how proud they would be. That makes me happy when I'm having a hard day. It truly does. Because sometimes I'm like, I'm this big old weenie hut junior. I'm doing nothing right, blah, blah, blah. And then you kind of take a step back and you're like, wait a minute, no, I am doing things I love. I am really proud of where I'm at. I do have a boyfriend that I love. I do have a dog that I love. I do have a family that I love. (laughs) I stumble on the family. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I love you guys. I'm kidding. You know, it's just another reminder to be really grateful, be very proud of who you are in this moment and to be so proud of your own growth, whether or not you recognize it in the moment. And also just a daily little refresher to pull out that French press that you've never learned how to use. Pick up a heavier weight that sometimes you get intimidated to try safely, of course. Pick up a book that's maybe going to challenge your perspectives. Pick up a podcast that's going to make you think, that's going to challenge you in a way that you've never thought before. Because sometimes growth is tangible and sometimes it's your own brain just growing bigger and bigger by the second. Pretty soon it's going to be sticking out of your ears. Is that a gross image? I don't know. But that's that on that. Love you all so much. Thank you for listening to this very twisty pod. I hope that you enjoyed. I love you all so much. Don't forget to give this podcast a big old five-star review. It truly does mean so much for the podcast and it does wonders to let me know how you like it. Leave some beautiful, kind feedback. I'm a gentle, scared heart over here. Follow the podcast Instagram account at twistypod. Popping off. And I'll see you next week or I'll talk to you next week for another twisty pod where we're going to get a little bit untwisted, baby. I've been forgetting to say that, but here we are back again. Bye.